Hello, friends, and welcome to We the Church, simple conversation of what it looks like or could look like to meaningfully and authentically follow Jesus together in our everyday experience. I'm Phil Rice, and I'm here with my good friends Lance Humphreys and Tim Ulrich, taking the conversations that have been significant for us and creating a conversational archive that will hopefully be significant for you as well. How do you approach the topic of spiritual authority in leadership, elders, deacons, when approaching the community of Jesus followers outside of a traditional church organizational structure, uh, or even inside of it. Um, so how do you approach the topic of spiritual authority? Any thoughts, gentlemen? My first thought, I mean, when you just say the word goes to uh, Ephesians 4 and 5 and just, or 5 and 6, and um and just our, our call to submit to one another, to, to have a posture of loving the authority of Jesus Christ and, and loving, to, loving to kind of live under authority in general. Even you, I, you, I even think of Romans 14 um, and our posture before, um, our posture before um, government. And you know, throughout throughout the, the New Testament, you just see this this humble love of the authority of Jesus Christ as head of of the church of His bride, and modeled in His relationship with His Father, which you just constantly see this beautiful humble submission. Um, but I think you also see the reality that you know authority is something that is something that we is in the in the body of Christ is not positional for anyone other than Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, the authority we give and receive to one another is just that is um, both of you guys have authority in my life I'm submitted to you um, you could Tell me about anything, and my heart posture would be to want to submit to your opinions and thoughts, um, because I've given you that that place because we know each other. Um, the idea that authority and accountability comes with um, attendance at an organization or um, through some you know formal structure within um, the the body. Uh, I don't see it practically, you know, I don't see it scripturally, and I have never seen it work practically. People who are accountable are accountable because they've given that themselves to that accountability. Um, the greatest place to hide, um, I think, is in an organization hmm. and where you say, I don't know that person, but they are my authority. And usually we use words like covering. Hmm. Yeah. Um, um, well, those are just great places to hide. And mm. um, so, yeah. What would be an example of that, you said, um, in terms of hiding? How would kind of a, what would a scenario look like? Well, to, you know, um, roll up weekly and, you know, sit on the fourth row of, of a gathering mm. and, you know, say I'm accountable to this organization mm-hmm. or to that leader. Um who I don't even have a personal relationship with. Yeah. That that um makes absolutely no sense. 
Tim, any thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tons, tons. I, I mean, not sure they're right. It's just stuff that we've been trying to sift through because it is such a, it's a, it's a question that I, because I, I see in this town that we live here, it's loaded with lots of religion. Um, and by religion, I mean, it's even within me. So it's just, it just seems like it's, it's just kind of throughout the culture. It's like in the air we breathe. Yeah. Yes. And, and what I've noticed is those who are coming from that angle, uh, so I, in my mind, I think of either rebellion or religion. Those who lean on the religion side love this question. Those who are the hurting and the outcasts and what most the religious world would put in the rebellious category, they'll never ask about spiritual authority in a sense of like, as it, if it qualifies community or not. Because, uh, I mean, what I mean by that is like a lot of times people are like, well, as you're sifting through what community looks like, that's one of the first questions, like, who are the elders? Where's where mm. the authority? Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of question that only the religious, or the Pharisees or whatever would ask uh, Jesus. They would always say things like, in what authority do that? And that's just one huh. of those big ones. It's just a big monster that, that traps people. Um, and so to learn, like, recognizing spiritual authority in the, the that recognizing the Christ in each of us and pulling from that authority, because Christ to me is the ultimate authority, the blood of the Lamb. Uh, it's, and so, like, so, yeah, that's one of the things, spiritual authority. And so I think for us, just learning to practice, like, who, who has that authority and not based on a business card or a title, but just who they are in Christ and seeing that there's a maturity, a depth, and they're just walking in that, that, that authority that Christ has given them. And then that triggers the next question for so many people, well, like, what about the elders? What about the elders? Well, in my thoughts on that is that Paul and so everyone, it seems like, in the New Testament would say that we're all sheep. We're all sheep. And it seems like what if there was a way that Jesus was the true shepherd and we're all sheep, and so an older sheep or an older man or an older woman could just be an eldering sheep who Mm. shepherd the sheep. Mm. So it's more like it's not like they become shepherds in a sense of like uh, an evolution going from a sheep to a shepherd. More like a hierarchy. Yes. Yeah. It's mm. more like a, a family, a tribal element of recognizing authority and recognizing it not based on anything other than there's something that they see in them. And so people willfully want to like kind of find this restful submission into it, not a, not a forced or a obligational, but just really like a, a sweet, oh my goodness, like I gained so much from just coming like in this place of working through stuff with people in that. I also think there's an importance of the word elders being so often used in plural form. It seems like a plurality of people versus an individual, I think is critical. And then, um, yeah, deacons. I mean, don't get offered that question very often, but I also think it's just as equally important. Mm. I think of elders kind of focusing or like one of their roles would be like spiritual oversight and deacons are kind of like just servants. Uh, They're just seen as these guys or girls who are just 
physically laboring um, in the ways, and that, that's just kind of like a, it's almost, it's hard to explain that, but they just, they start to steward things. Um, they just become these servants, and they're not looking for the position. They're not the the five guys sitting in some conference room trying to decide the budgets. They're just people, this mm. army of ordinaries who don't have the titles. They're not looking for positions. They're just walking in the authority that they have been given because if they've been given two talents, they're going to steward those two talents and then see what the Lord does with that. No, bro, I've got... I'm telling you, lately, as I've been, like, unhinged... Yeah. As lately as you've been unhinged. (laughs) People are like... They're, like, even clergy... They're going to be like, man, I agree. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so... Are we back on? So we're back. Yeah, we've we've been back on. This statement um, has come up in conversation. It's a myth that an organization provides accountability. Um... So kind of speaking to organization versus relationship in regards to spiritual authority. Did I say that? Yeah, you said that. No, did I say it's a myth that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought so. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to like, I didn't yeah. want to like, you know, put you on the spot or anything. But yeah, in our conversations, that's something that you've yeah. you've spoken to. Uh would love to hear more on that. Well, just it just makes practical sense, doesn't it? I mean, mm. um, I'm only accountable to you, Phil, to the extent that I'm actually willing to want your accountability, to submit myself to your leadership in my life, um, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in accountability groups with people who were living a double life. You know, was there something wrong with the accountability group? You know, uh, no, we're just only as accountable as we give people. Uh, spiritual authority in our lives via relationship and the idea that that is provided in an organization just it just doesn't make like practical sense if you just think about it mm-hmm. um, but it's one of the many challenges that we get into when we use the same word to refer to m- multiple different things mm-hmm. so the word church in the New Testament refers to a group of people, people who love Jesus and follow him and have sworn loyalty to him and order their lives around him. Um, in our culture, the word church means a place, uh, an organization. Um, uh, and so we're using the same word hmm. in two different contexts. And so uh, we're, ch- but trying to apply a set of principles about um, how the kingdom operates and how Jesus leads his church um, to a to a branded organization and that idea breaks at several levels mm. and this is one of those places the yeah. idea that because I attend you know an organization that's called first blank church, 
um, if I'll just be faithful and show up every week at the meetings of that organization, um, you know, pay my money, et cetera, whatever membership requires in that organization, um, that I am, quote, spiritually covered, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I would go, I'd go as far as saying that's just a straight-up lie from the demonic. Uh, there's just no question about it. It's a deception to try to to lie to people. Uh, and so that's why I think there's so much, uh, so much confusion. There's just so much confusion. And I think really it's young people right now asking the question, what is church? Because they're having the courage to ask this question in a time where I just think there's like a, a shift coming, a shift away from organizations and moving towards this organism called the body of Christ, a.k.a. the church. And this is like a chick who's like wooed to battle. And the battle cry is for cities, and it's going to start and stem from a place of loving your neighbor. And this is the words of Christ. There's just this urgency right now in the hearts of the young people. I think even there's a few older people, and usually when I speak to older people about this stuff, what I tell them to do is just like release this generation hmm. to, to, to leave the, the concept of organization being what you're accountable to um, and really just run after the voice of Jesus and try to be obedient to this idea of living out this life so it looks more like an organism. And, uh, and I really feel like that's the appetite that's going to start, uh, that the, this younger generation is going to start starving for this mm. appetite for what is church. Now, I think some of them are going to resort back to original things. They're going to start questioning and looking back to other brands and just maybe even venture over to other things. And I think that's just all part of the pain in the process to get through this eye of the needle. But I think eventually what you're going to see ultimately is when we're in the midst of a movement is Jesus will be the head of it, and it won't be divided over denominations. It will be unity in the spirit. And it'll be people who have kind of let go of the American scheme because, or the American dream is how the system calls it, and uh, just run towards love. Love. It's the greatest weapon on, of all time. I just want to give an audible glossary, Tim, <laughs> for what I think when you just said the chick that's called to war, you, you, that Did translates. That's said tra- chick? Yeah, that translates. Oh the, you, you were referring to the, to, to the bride of Christ, right? Yes, yes. The Bride of Christ. It's audible, audible Just glossary. Audible. Yeah, there you it go. won't be the last time in this no. series. No, that's great. But I, yeah, I mean, the picture I get of her though is like this warrior, and right now I just feel like she's on a deathbed, being put together and probably alive by a ventilator system, hmm. and uh, almost like this valley of dry bones. But once she's prophesied over, really who she is and not where she goes. Man, the Samaritan woman mm. was that que- was that chick or that woman. Where do you say we go, Jesus? And he doesn't answer the where, he answers the who. And once she ans- gets the answer of the who, she's able to point to the way. And he's the way. And so all of Samaria comes to the Christ because of a, of a woman who had been battle-scarred and uh, was able to reach an entire region based on this idea of pointing people to the way instead of the where. Thank you for joining us for this episode of We the Church. You can find us at wethechurchpodcast.com 
or you can find us on your podcast platform of choice by searching We the Church Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us.